I took a photo of it, right? And I put it in. I have like a cloud of photos. And the sad part is it's I have like 10,000 photos in it now. So when I'm looking for it, I can't find it. And I kind of need it for I need yeah, it's nothing nothing crazy just because I'm going to New York. I want to I my medications have changed and my doctor always said, oh, when your medications change, make sure you print out a new list and you keep them in your wallet next to the thing that you're supposed to keep about the stint in your heart. And I'm like, OK. And I just forgot to do it. And now I'm going away and it's and it's bugging me. You know what I mean? Right. So. So I, I guess you no. Listen, believe me. There's there's times when I get something stuck in my head, right? That it, like it needs to be taken care of immediately. You know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why I don't trust the cloud. That's why I trust you know several external hard drives and text documents. Full of RSS feeds. Right. I only have three or four things that I need. And I actually keep them in the desk. And I don't know what I did with the paper that I had. And now it's bothering me. So mm-hmm. let me check albums. Did I create an album for that? No, I did not. All right. It won't affect me. You know what I mean? I'll get. I'll stop in a little bit. Well... You know, hopefully in between these shows, we'll have time. You'll have time to go and hunt that stuff down, right? Right, yeah. Because that way I could just print it out while my computer's on, you know? That's more right. what I'm trying to do. Because then if not, not that it takes long. Tomorrow it's like, all right, I got to fucking start up the computer, hook up the printer. Because I have a bunch of other stuff in the, in the, in the uh, what do you call them? The, the USB ports. Um, right. So I think this is good enough uh, as any as a place to start. Sure thing. Episode 254 of Longbox Heroes After Dark. Mm -hmm. At least you kind of have an idea. Uh, The boys over at Pod Van Dam, they just start rolling as soon as everyone's in the room. Right. And a lot of times sensitive information gets leaked out. Oh, you were leaking all over me. You were leaking all over me before this started. Right, and see, that's the thing, because I'm in control. I can give you private information that I'm not making public until I have my proof. Right. That's what I like. And now I'll... And, it's, I... if, and if people give me clues and then say, I've already said too much, <sighs> it's as though they're begging me to figure out this mystery. Oh, and you, sir, are the Fred of the Scooby crew on this soon-to-be-named network. I see myself more as a Daphne than anything else. I'm more of a Scrappy. That's what I am. Or Scooby Dumb. I was going to say Scooby Dumb. I think we're both Scooby Dumbs in this instance. (laughs) That's right. So have you, as of this being released to non-Patreon folks, of course, longboxheroes.com, sign up for Patreon. Uh, The 10 years-ish to the day... Again, I wanted to have it go out on a Monday, but then the actual anniversary day would have been Thursday. But I just put it out today because I remembered. Um, but $5 a month gets you after dark early. Patreon.com backslash Heroes. Listen to this early. You listen to it when we record. You listen to this normal. You listen to this Friday, probably when new At Odds with Wrestling comes out. And Wednesday Night War, so Friday becomes busy. That's going to be more of incentive to be a patron and listen to after dark ahead of schedule but right. when are you leaving for new york for new york comic-con thursday morning uh six ish quarter quarter to six six ish somewhere in there right and you're you're gonna be there the whole weekend right yep thursday friday saturday sunday yeah barring any you know needs to have my my list of prescriptions removed from my wallet yeah, they have doctors in Dwayne Reed's in New York, right? Yeah, I'm getting my picture with one of the doctors. Oh, boy. <laughs> Dr. Detroit? I wish Dan Heckroyd showed up in full costume. I am the doctor. I would... Oh, well, here you go. Here's a check. <laughs> Write in whatever you think is fair. Dan Aykroyd's most subtle role to death. Role to date. It is. It is. I kind of oh, like. Then I was going to say Doctor Demento, but right. I kind of like him as the code breaker in Michael Bay's uh, 
uh, Pearl Harbor movie. I was flipping through the stations the other day, and I saw that, and I was like, oh, boy. I think I saw Pearl Harbor in the theaters Mm -hmm. opening weekend because Ben Affleck was in it, and I have zero memory of anything in that movie other than one of the featured extras, as Mm -hmm. we speak about featured extras, uh, (laughs) one of the one of the featured extras at the time was a big deal in the very small circle of folks because it was Sean Gunn, James Gunn's brother. Oh, really? Who was kind of like the overacting, spazzy, like second or third heavy in Tromeo and Juliet. Okay. And then he was like maybe the first or second heavy to the villain in Terror Firmer. And then he's in Pearl Harbor, right? Right. And I'm like, well, that's going to be the apex of his career. Nope. Like, in a good way. You know, like, as a guy who did trauma movies. Mm-hmm. And now he's in Pearl Harbor, which was, you know, a Michael Bay film. It was a big budget movie. You know, say what you will about it. Right. And then he would go on to be, like, in all the Marvel Cinematic movies. Because James Gunn that's... is a great director. That's right. And he's the brother to the ass man. That's right. Uh, AEW agent uh, William Rutherford Gunn. Mm-hmm. Do you know? You probably don't, but I want to tell you this. I know you do. Billy, Billy Gunn is not his real name. Right. It's uh, it's William Gunn, but it's no, Billy it's not for William short. Gunn either. What? Uh, his name is Kip Sop. K I P. S O P P. Isn't that the move you do when you're laying on your back and you jump up? That's a kip up, very hmm. close. Kip sop, whatever. You that's that's when you do it in the rain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but just as another side thing, they and again, you've seen what Billy Gunn looks like and how he's, you know, he's the aged ass gracefully. Yeah, he's the ass man. Uh, There was a time in one of the other promotions, Impact Wrestling TNA, where they had him being the second for a stable of women, like he was the valet for the women. Right. And his name at the time was Cute Kip. Oh. (laughs) A dark period in Billy Gunn's life when he was Cute Kip. Oh, I think, see, these are the eras of wrestlers that I prefer. Right. Scotty Flamingo, like you guys go for the wrong garbage, man. Now, when it's someone that I love, I'm a fan of all of their eras of mm-hmm. you know performing, whether it be you know uh, uh, Scotty the Body, Scotty Flamingo, Johnny Polo, Raven, and then all the further iterations that there have been of Raven since, mm-hmm. you know, Clockwork Orange, Houses of Fun, Raven serotonin era raven um was that his really got him like yeah tangentially aware of all the different phases of his career in life you know and so you don't want a cameo with him though joe no i don't oh as soon as i saw that i was like oh at odds with wrestling there you go uh you know what i could i should how much was it 40 bucks you said i think it was 20 or 40 Okay. But it's so affordable. Cameo. Raven. Raven. And I I think you can get that so Raven, too. Personalized shout-outs. Now, there are people that use uh, this. Someone who will do them for anything is uh, Snoop Dogg. Right. Snoop Dogg will do the like if you pay Snoop Dogg whatever his vig is, right, and you want to have him do a shout out to like your car dealership, he will. Right. Raven might have you know, you know more morals than that. More standards. Yeah, he might. We're gonna find out. <laughs> See, I, I would give him eighty. Like I said, if he did it as Sad Scotty Flamingo. Okay. Dear Mr. Flamingo, how are you? I am fine. How is Mrs. Scotty Flamingo? Is he married? Okay. No. Oh, you know what? He actually is married. And there you go. Raven lives a very complicated life. 
Right. So it is $40. I may put a tier on the Patreon to see if someone else will pay for it. There you go. And what it'll be is like, hey, I'm going to use the $40 uh, for Raven to do a new intro to the podcast. Mm -hmm. And you being the one, it'll be a one-time, you know, you just have to do the $40 one time. And in that, Raven will shout you out in the opening. Right. Like, you pay for it, and it'll be like, hey, this is uh, Sad Scotty. And I'll ask <laughs> if he'll say Scat Sad Scotty Flamingo, also known as Raven. You're listening to, and let's say the guy who purchases Bill, you're listening to Bill's favorite comic book podcast, Longbox Heroes. Oh, okay, you're not going to do it for Ad Odds? No, no, it would be for this show. Oh, I don't know, the I'm trying to get... The Patreon is for this show. I know, but I'd be willing to give that up for, you know, your for your true baby, your Sophie's Choice of podcasts. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Wrestling's got to be, there's a lot, I don't know, Todd, if you notice, I know uh, you do, but there's a lot of wrestling going on lately. <laughs> sure there's a lot of wrestling going on out there. Um, <laughs> to tell you the truth, though, other than one thing, my walls have held, Joe. <laughs> so, good, good. I don't know. All right, so uh, let's get into the show, the actual show. We do have, like, an agenda here, kind of, sort of. Right. Uh, in that, we... Did you watch uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Yes, I did. I watched the first episode of this season, yeah. I mean. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was fun. It was. It took me a, a minute to figure out what the, the, the gist was, because they were saying certain things, like, we're at the banter portion of, of it, and I'm like... Okay, like of a regular sunny episode, and then it turned out to be what the the formula of a shitty rom com movie is. And once well, I figured... you had those two things going on, mm -hmm. you know, because so okay, I one of my favorite things in 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 it's always sunny is when you get the schemes going, mm -hmm. and the scheme is always two people and two people. Right. And I know we've talked about Sonny before on After Dark. Right. Plenty but you get your, your five characters, you get your pairings. You got two people, you get two people, and there's always that one odd person out. Right, a floater. And it's always interesting to see where that odd person out floats to in the schemes. Right. Uh, so Charlie and uh, uh, Frank had the idea to uh, rent out their room as a hostel. To try to lure in babes that they could have sex with, mm -hmm. which gives uh, Mac and Dennis the same idea. They go a much more elaborate route, mm -hmm. which Dee uh, horns herself into. I felt as though the reveal of the couple, I think I felt I saw that one coming like a mile away. Oh, the Timmy thing? Yeah. That I saw, like, as soon as they said it, I'm like, I know what that's going to be. Like, yeah, I, I'm with like you. coming a mile away. But some of the stuff with Frank and Charlie, I did not see coming any way, shape, or form. No, absolutely not. Now, the best thing about the Frank and Charlie stuff, of course, was the uh, meat cubes. Yes. How Dee was describing it as a meat cute. And they talking about the meat cubes. Right. And them getting the, uh, what was it, Swedish versions of Charlie and Frank? Yes, because they were making the sandwiches on the hot plate. And the, he had a toe knife, a toe spoon, a toe spoon. instead of a, toe, a toe, toe knife. Spoon. Yes. Yes. But my favorite thing with the with the the the, the meat cute, which, yes. you know, which Frank and, and Charlie thought was meat cubes, um, they that was uh, Max's version of what they were gonna do. It was gonna be a romantic get together, and then uh, Dennis was gonna steal the girl or whatever, uh, get the girl. And I was like, okay. And when the girl comes in, you know, Mac is still calling it the meat cute, but Dennis calls it she's cute meat. And I know he just reverses reverses the words, but Dennis saying cute meat about a woman just sent a chill down my spine. Because there's a whole different connotation when when Dennis says it. 
So that I found that amusing. And then when it flips over on Dennis that he has to sleep with Mac in bed and he's kind of yes. like, I'm uncomfortable. I don't like this because everything he was doing to get the chick into bed is be, has been reversed. And Mac has a crush on Dennis, as we all know. It's just, I was just I was crying. I was like, this episode is smart. It's not the best episode, but there is a lot of fun going on here. Is this going to be the season where it's revealed that Dennis is like a serial killer or something? I know it's been close. Mm -hmm. And there's been a lot of tendencies therein. Don't you but think is that... this the is this the season where it maybe finally happens? Don't you think it kind of has to be the last, like, like when everybody I, I do think that'll be the last episode or whatever they do. When everybody gets their comeuppance. Or whatever they do, like that's when they find all the bodies. <laughs> you know? Okay, or does it? Because okay. th this show is essentially just a living cartoon. Mm -hmm. So who's to say we just don't have a thing where uh, this happens? Ma uh, the, de they find out that Dennis is a serial killer. You maybe even do it like as an hour special or a two part special or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then you just come back next season like nothing happened. Right, you could do that. Didn't they have a whole episode where they were trying to figure out, like, that episode on Netflix, they were trying to figure out who the serial killer was? I mean, if they hadn't done that already, I think it would have been a good way to go with Dennis. But they've already had, like, a couple of serial killers. Unless you want to, you know, bring it all around that Dennis was all of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's right, all these different right. people. All these different people in jail for crimes Dennis has committed, but I guess I I, I don't know. That's one of them that I I can't uh, dream think up. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I need to get I need to get in on that writers' room. That would be fun. That would be a good time. Absolutely. So uh, speaking of people that might be um, I don't know have serial killer like tendencies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Todd, you watched those two uh, amazing Jonathan documentaries I suggested. Yes, I watched the YouTube one and then the Hulu one. Right. And the, so, in that order, by the way, that's important. Right, which is right. It's very important. <laughs> as I'm as I'm pushing that on on Twitter, I'm like, this is the way to do it because once you do, if you do it the other way, you can't go back. <laughs> but go ahead. Well, you could. Well, okay, you could kind of stop. But it's like once you start, you don't want to stop, sort of mm -hmm. thing. Right. Yeah. So I guess what'd you think of the YouTube one to start? I thought it was a heartlifting, uh, you know, uplifting episode uh, documentary about the rise and fall, and then the rise again of Jonathan, uh, the amazing Jonathan, his story about how you know he was a magician as a kid and his, and his mother meet his mother and he goes off and, you know, does all the things and he gets, you know, they talk about gets in, into drugs and, and the thing with, uh, I can't think of, uh, what Brent, was it Brent Osborne? The guy from the kid from Australia. Australia yes. kid. Yeah. Which I thought was going to take a creepy turn, but it didn't because he lost his, his father left him and he had, you know, he had serious father issues and Jonathan took him in and he ends up, you know, working. And, and then I was blown away by like how much money Jonathan made over his career. Like when they yep. were ta talking about him making money in, in Vegas and he was like, screw it. I'm just going to fucking blow my merchandise money. And those casino checks are just going right in the bank. And I'm like, okay, like that, that's smart. I see like a few football players nowadays that do that. They're like my merchandise or whatever, my advertising money, boom, my game checks go in the bank. I'm, I'm, I'm good to go. And I'm like, that's a smart thing. And he's talking about like, they're, you know, they just, they hit on the drug thing and, and he like was doing, I, I was laughing. Like when he talked about, he was doing like, he was actually doing Coke on stage during the show. It's like, Ooh, it's magic dust. And he's like, no, it's, it's fucking real. I'm, I'm doing blow on stage. And I'm like, okay. Then he, he seems to, you know, the sickness comes in and you find out and they give him a year to live. And he has that speech about it and people are laughing and they're not sure if it's true or not, which we're going to get to down the line. Um, but I was like, this is really good. And he ends up going back out on tour and he has, you know, the, the, the final, you know, thing. Cause if you don't do it, you know, it's, he's going to die just sitting around bored to death. And it was, 
it seemed like he kicked the drugs and he had a he has a good outlook and granted he's not going to live forever but at least he's making the most of his life and this documentary was you know was uplifting and great and that's all i ever need to know about the amazing jonathan joke that's it's hey it's it's all right there right out in the open right now about that one of course you know they do spend a lot of time about the friendship and the relationship as you had mentioned uh with whatever that guy's name was from australia right right now that what i did watch a little while ago remind me yes is his wife in that one at all yes the both wives are that's the one thing where okay the first one shows up and then like he's going, he's going. And then Jonathan's talking. He just goes, he goes. And then all of a sudden we're in wherever. And she just goes, he goes, I've been asking her. I'm like, honey, is everything okay? Is we good? Like just making sure over time. He's like, yeah. And then it just fucking blows up in the airport. We're done. And he goes and he goes to talk to that kid. And he's like, he's like, it happened. He was like, wash my hands over. He's like, what? It's over. She goes and leaves, and that's the end of the, the first wife we ever see. Then towards the end, she, the uh, her name is like Anastasia Sin or something like that, shows up for a little bit and says like how they get married, and like, you know, it's good. It's all good times from, from her perspective. And she's like, yeah, like, it was funny. Like, if she, he had told me he was a drug user right out of the gate, but like, and all this, and he had diabetes. And she's like, oh, well, I'm the one now with the, the, it on my shoulder. She's taking care of him, make sure he takes his pills. And by the way, I, I tweeted this out. I know way too many of Amazing Jonathan's prescriptions. I could tell you what a bunch of them are for because I know someone who takes them. Wink. <laughs> but, uh, and then, so yeah, so she's, she's doing that and she's just saying, yeah, like, uh, what do I want to say? It's, it's, you know, me taking care of him now. And, uh, the kid is off now doing whatever, doing his own, his own business. And then he comes back. His name is Joel Osborne, by the way, he comes back and helps for the tour and how great, like the way this one is edited, how great Jonathan is, is like his timings there. These shows are, are big hits. He's not, you know, wheezing or having any troubles. So like, Different than what we're going to see in the next uh, documentary, John. Right. So then there's a second documentary. Now, I, I knew about this because I do listen to a couple movie podcasts, and they've discussed an amazing Jonathan pod or podcast documentary coming out where they do, like, their Sundance preview, right? Mm-hmm. So I fell into the same trap as the two hosts of this uh, movie podcast that I listened to called The Film Vault. Um I don't know if Groupers is playing in your area by Anderson Cowan. Go see it. It's like only playing in Chicago and D.C. right now. But anyway, mm-hmm. so they watch this one and they're like, yeah, you know, it was, it was good. You know, nice heartwarming story. And then like a month later, this other one comes out on Hulu. And then they both go out of their minds over it. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I really need to watch another documentary about the amazing Jonathan. And then like three weeks go by. And they haven't given anything away, but they're going on and on and on about it. And I'm like, all right, I need to give this a watch. And I did, and I needed to tell everyone about it. <laughs> Joe, I watched it, and I'm like, all right, this is interesting. Because the podcast, or the podcast, the, the documentary is different. It, it, this one more, like, as it starts out, has more warts and all. Like, talking about uh, Jonathan doing drugs, and that he's still doing drugs. Like, he hasn't gotten off them. Right, it's like, it starts off like, here's all the medications I'm taking, here's this one giant pill that I hate taking, and, uh, yeah, you know, I still do speed, well, it's not really speed, I smoke meth. Right, and you know what, it's meth o'clock, let's do this, and I'm like, holy shit, right? Like, like, this is gonna be the worst hit of meth that's gonna happen in this whole movie, Joe. Right, but listen. They get around it by putting a little black box over, like, the little thing, right? Right. While yeah. he actually has it up to his lips. Mm-hmm. Oh. But he's doing that. And I'm like, okay, so they're going to – this is going to be all the, the shit about the tour and the modern stuff that was left out of the feel-good documentary, you know? Like, that's the way I'm watching it. And about a half hour in – it's like he's doing this, he's doing that, and he's living his – the guy's going about about doing the documentary. And then all of a sudden, they're just – Jonathan mentioned – and I got goosebumps right now, Joe, where he just <laughs> he just goes, yeah, the second documentary crew. And, he's, and, and the guy's like, what? 
and they just bring up the title card, the second documentary crew, and you find out it's they're involved with the guy who did Searching for Sugar Man and and what was a Man on a Wire, two Oscar winning uh, documentaries, and I'm like, yep. holy shit, did he just hamstring this guy? Like fucking hamstrung him, because. I would have been devastated. And he's, and then now like going on these, these guys, like whenever they do a show and they have to film, they're vying for spots to film. And I'm like, and then the other documentary crew doesn't want to be filmed. Yeah. And Jonathan's a cock about it. Like he's and And I know he's a comedian, but like to stand there, do what he did. And then say like, yeah, and, you know, in interviews while this guy, let's just call, let's just call them like uh, uh, documentary group one and documentary group two, which two is the the, the award winning one. And the, and he's like, he's filming with the one guy doing radio interviews. And he's like, yeah, and I have another documentary crew too. And that one's so much better than this one and has two like Oscar. And he's looking at him, giving the rub. And I'm like, I choke him right then and there. I'm like, how dare you? But he's got to put up with it because you don't want to piss off the talent because you got to keep filming. And thank God, like, you know, he didn't screw him over anymore, Joe, right? <laughs> right, because then we're introduced to the third the, the third uh, uh, documentary uh, going on. And that's when my, my shit meter went, like, off the chart. I was like, a third one? And then you find out that the third one, you're like, are you a real doc? Like, uh, do you have a history documentary? He's like, not really. I'm more of a chainsaw juggler. And, and you're like, and he comes out and he's like Mad Chad or something like that. And he's fucking juggling chainsaws. And I'm like, at this point, Jonathan just knows what he's doing. You know what I mean? Like, he works to What? Oh, he's working these people. Yeah, yeah, all of them. All of them. Like, by the end, I don't know, like, I'm jumping ahead, but by the end of this, I don't know what's real and what's fake, Joe. Right. Okay, okay. So, we'll we'll kind of get to that. But then I want to mention, so, when he finds out that there's a third documentary guy, the third documentary guy's like, yeah, you know, I've been doing it for, like, the last, like, four or five years. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. He's like, if you want to look at my footage, you can. And that's when the first documentary guy sees that he had access to all the same exact people, all the same exact sound bites, all the same exact everything. No, Joe, it wasn't the third one. Oh, that's right. That wasn't the third one. It was the fourth one. Exactly. Was he finds out that there was a fourth, there was a woman was. Who, who also doesn't want to be filmed. And she she stooges off all her past films coming out of a goddamn Quiznos or something like that. He's like, let's not do this here. He goes and he goes back. And like they just keep cutting from the first, the, the first uh, film uh, documentary crew, the third one, and the girl who was four years ago, and they, they're hitting all the same bites. He's like, "If you do drugs, you could be Superman." And then they just show it in the in the in the other documentaries guy and the other guys. So he's hitting all the same beats because they work. And you're like, "Oh my god!" Like because he knows a good joke when he know, when he tells one, and he's just using them over and over again. I'm like, "This is crazy." Crazy. Oh, so now the main this documentary guy, and again, I feel bad. What, what's his name? I, I got to look. Brad. Right. I think it's Brad. Okay, hang up. on. I want to look it up. Uh, so then he sees that he is essentially just going to have the same exact documentary uh, Ben Ben Berman right so he thinks what can I do to make my documentary stand out from everybody else's right and he goes back through some of the footage that he shot with Jonathan who has decided not to let him use the footage of him uh, smoking meth Unless, unless, Todd. Right. Go ahead. Unless Ben does a hit of meth with him. And Ben thinks about it. And Ben goes, okay, I'll take you up on your offer. And there, there's a great phone call 
uh, are of great meaning where he just records it uh, audio, not vi- uh, video. And he's like, yeah, well, what offer? He's like, I gave you a ton of offers. He's like this one. He's like, I'm not going to be the guy who gets you fucking hooked. And he's like, no, I'll do it. And pre- preceding this, Ben goes into his backstory of telling him what, how he got into the documentary because he was filming – you know, he got the camera when he was young and he ended up filming his family and documenting his family and his mother ends up, which at this point I'm, I get extremely sad as he's, you're watching like this. And then the, you can tell that the mother has like cancer because she's wearing the, 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 the babushka on her head. She doesn't have hair. And I'm like this and that. And he goes, all right, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do the hit. And then like he does, he does it. I mean, they take it off screen, or does he? Because at this point, I'm like, I don't know what's... I, again, I'm saying, I don't know what's real and what's not. And he ends up doing the hit, and then they're, like, talking. His friend who's telling him, get out, because Jonathan's cheated on you twice already. Twice. Uh-huh. And he's like, so how do you feel? And everybody's like, your mother would be so proud of what you just did. And, Joe, that crushed me right there. He's like... And he's sitting there. He's just sitting in the wind in Las Vegas, and it's just blowing. He's thinking about what he's did. And I'm like... This is this documentary is off the ch- like at that point I'm like what could happen now like we're done right like there's no more twists or turns there's a few twists or turns but from there um you know it gives his uh documentary Ben's documentary a bit more of an edge and a bit more of uh stakes I guess if you will mm-hmm. and it shows more of the you know it, it's not as candy coated as the other one, right? Which yeah, you, know, the you other see one is Jonathan putting his wig on. You see Jonathan screwing up the act. You see all this stuff, right? Right. That's one of the things that got me is him like wheezing and leaning on the 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 the, the, the stool while he's doing the act, and he's not hitting the jokes well. Where everything in the candy coated one, all the jokes were like spot on. Like he he cherry picked all the moments in his shows. Right, right. So, and then uh, we get to a point after that happens where Jonathan now, and I, I don't want to say this because I hate this term and the fact that it's in our vernacular, but he just kind of ghosts Ben. Yes. Stops taking his calls, stop responding to him, all of this. Mm-hmm. So now Ben doesn't have an end for his documentary. And he just did this horrible thing. To try to separate his documentary from the rest. Mm-hmm. So we're getting all the calls. We're getting all the footage. We're trying to fit. And he's trying to figure out a way to salvage things. Now, was this during this part or after he goes and speaks to Jonathan? When he finally gets the opportunity to talk to Jonathan. And he questions him on camera. And then Jonathan has the big blow up and leaves. That's a little bit later. Okay. This but- is where he ends up getting back in his graces somehow. I forget. And he ends up going to a party and meeting an inside man. Who okay. takes off, oh, who that's takes right. Off, that's right. Jonathan's takes, friend who takes him aside and says, "Hey, look, let, let me t- let me tell you something." Mm-hmm. Now, this is where, honest to God, Joe, this is where I start to think everything here is a work. Everything, okay. because like he's at the party, and if you watch that again, go back and watch it. It's like, okay, here's here's Jonathan sitting with the guy, right? And there's a set of patio doors, maybe twenty feet away. And the guy's like, oh, I'm leaving. And Jonathan's joking. He's like, yeah, partying. That's not his thing. And the guy walks over the patio doors. And he's only 20 feet away from Jonathan. Like, if you if you do the math in your head on the scene. And he's like, I just want you to know, like, there's if you ever need a guy to talk to who might know some things, it's me. And I'm like, you're from last what I saw, you're only 20 feet from. And you're talking real loud. You know what I mean? All right. Like, and then they say, well, the Jonathan told us to be open and everything. And he ends up telling them, like, maybe, you know, Jonathan always talked about these things. He was like about faking his death and then faking the illness. And he looked into it and he's, he's Googled the ramifications. And maybe if anything happens, someone else will show up pretending to be the amazing Jonathan. So he goes, do you ever think you're getting your leg pulled here? And I'm like, I think you're getting your leg pulled right now. I think this is all to wind you up, or you're a part of it. I don't know anymore. And he ends okay. up at, that's when he confronts Jonathan about right. all of it. So then they have the blow up. Jonathan leaves. Right. And then now he's like, okay, well, I, at least I confronted him. At least I let him know how I feel. Mm-hmm. And then he decides 
to contact the producer, the guy who won the Academy Award for uh, doing Searching for Sugarman and Man on a Wire. Right. And I just want to talk about one thing when he confronts Rand, uh, J- Jonathan. I always say, I always want to say Amazing Randy. Right. Jonathan, there's a great thing where he goes, Are you trying to say that I faked all this, that I'd never get work? I, this, this is my end goal to fake my death and never get work. And I'm like, well, it would be the greatest practical joke of all time. And and who cares if you don't get work? You already established you're a multimillionaire. Mm-hmm. But there's a moment when he says, and he goes, well, you're just, you just want me dead for the ending of your movie. That's what you want. And I'm not, you know, and he's like, that's not what I want. He goes, let me ask you a question. And th- the way he says it, Joe, it, I'm like, Jonathan kn- knew just what he says. He goes, are you mad that I'm not dying? Beat, beat, beat in your time frame. And there's a moment where he says, are you, are you mad? I'm not dying. Randy or uh, Jonathan knows exactly what he said and how he said it. And the guy, and Ben just gets taken back a little bit. And then he follows through with in your timeline. And I'm like, you know what? And at this point, my brain goes to like Andy Kaufman at no point. Should you not understand why anybody would question what you're doing because of your history. You shouldn't get mad. You should go, I've earned this. I've earned what's happening right now. And I understand why, why people would question my, my illness. I, I, he gets to get mad too, but do you know what I'm trying to say, Joe? Okay. I, we need to save this for the end, right? Okay. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Okay. Put a pin in that again. Uh, I, I watched it a couple of weeks ago, so obviously I'm glad that you just watched as we're recording this. Right. Um, so, okay. So we move on. He contacts the producer from Searching for Sugarman and Man on Wire. And it turns out that this guy is not involved with the other documentary. Mm-hmm. So this now adds a whole new wrinkle to all of this. Right. Did this other documentary crew sell Amazing Jonathan on a bill of goods that he didn't look into? Or did Amazing Jonathan conspire with this other documentary crew to just lie to people and say that they're involved with that the people who are working on his documentary work on these other documentaries? Or is Jonathan doing this of his own volition and not cluing in the other documentary people? Right. Or D, maybe some other crazier thing, which I don't know if you saw the mid-credits thing. We'll get to that here shortly. Right. I'm not I, that's kind of blew me away. But in okay. that, in that the 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 first doc Ben the documentary goes to the uh, the 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 opening of the YouTube documentary in Vancouver or somewhere in Canada because as we all know, every city in Canada is the same. So, and they're only five, five hours apart. So he goes up there and he gets a fake plant to like get in the audience and ask questions about like if they did stuff just like they did for Sugar Man and Man on a Wire and they start fumbling over it. And then I'm like, wait a minute, these guys are, because this happens before he goes to meet these guys, meets uh, the, the producer. And he's like, this is our premiere. And there's 28 people in the audience for the guys who were involved with searching for Sugar Man and Man on a Wire. I'm like, something's up here. You know what I mean? Like, and then he goes to see the guy and he goes, yeah, no, no, I have, I have nothing to do with them. I like this. And then on top of that, at this point, Ben goes, well, why don't you produce my movie and we're left hanging because the guy kind of looks at him we're left hanging whether the, this, this producer who was supposed to be on the other documentary team is now going to produce Ben's I'm like this is a whole lot of misdirection at this yep. point so, like but and then we get to they go this is like the, now we're closing in on the end of the movie and this is once again where I start thinking it's even more fake because Ben's like well I'm going to go I got some news for him and I'm going to go confront him and apologize to him for one last time and he goes to Amazing Jonathan's mother's retirement home for her 90th birthday. And he just shows up, apparently. Shows up, and the way it goes down is they're going to go meet each other. They're going to go talk to each other. And he Ben walks in, and there's the guy recording for Ben. Jonathan just doesn't acknowledge that the guy's recording him for three minutes. And then Ben walks over and goes, I need to talk to you. He's like, 
all right, all right, we can go talk. And they go off and talk, and he apologizes for saying he faked the illness. But shocking news, I got the producer from Searching for Sugar Man and Man on a Wire to produce my movie, even though, because that one's fake. And Jonathan's like, oh my God, what? That was fake? He wasn't involved, but we have an Oscar-nominated guy involved now? This is great news. Let me go tell my whole family. And I'm like, this is all bullshit at this point. I don't believe a goddamn word anymore. I don't know what's real, what's not, once again. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, we get that ending there. He tells his mom. Uh, Jonathan tells his mom. Mom's very proud of her son. And she more or less says, I kind of ignore all the bad stuff that he does. Mm-hmm. Because the good stuff that he does, you know brings joy and all this other stuff and whatever right so she's kind of acknowledging that i know my son's a bit of a fuck up but you know this is what it is so documentary gets made this is the one by this ben and then we credits begin and the first thing that comes up is executive produced by that guy Mm -hmm. who did who actually did man on a wire and searching for sugarman Credits roll a little bit. We have the scene of Ben wheeling Jonathan down the street in the wheelchair because Jonathan's now in a motorized wheelchair at this point. Because right, his He's, feet are dead. Right. So then we get a mid-credit thing that comes up where the producer calls up Ben and says, uh, hey, you know what? You know how you mentioned that other documentary crew said that they uh, were with me? They weren't. But there was one day where they were out by me and they did bar some of my equipment. So technically, I was involved with them for a bit. <laughs> and literally, Ben just goes, what? And that's the end of the movie. That's the credits roll. We get no more. Oh, okay. And I'm like, what the hell did I just watch? Yes. So, Joe, what's your take? Okay. So there's a lot of questions, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So just in general, comparing the two documentaries, it was interesting that the friend from Australia was such a huge integral part of the first one mm-hmm. and not mentioned at all in the second one. He shows up in a few scenes because he's the MC of the shows, but, but they th- never mention who he is. Right. And also that his current wife is obviously a much more featured thing in the second one where she's in the first one, but, you know, not as much. Right. So, I I would need to see all the unused footage of both other documentaries. Which I but, don't think you're getting. Right, I don't think I'm going to get. But with the evidence that has been pre- presented to me, the questions I have are, is Jonathan sick? Yes. Yes. Did he have some sort of heart condition? Yes. Because an expert watched this movie and recognized some of the medication. And that expert also has a heart condition. Mm -hmm. Was the heart condition as bad as Jonathan was letting on? That's, that one I would would be, go ahead, sorry. I was going to say, and that's where things diverge a bit, but go ahead. That's where I'm kind of like, yeah, because you could fudge that much you know what i mean like you could prove that you have it but the doctor like wouldn't and you know not to get to to make this about me at all but when i went to the doctor the doctor told me when it happened like you had your heart attack you lost this much percentage of your you know your functioning heart and i don't remember i'm not going to give you numbers and then you're going to take these drugs and you're going to do this and you do prescriptions and you're going to come back and we're going to measure you again and your heart's stronger and it pumps at this percentage. And, and you know, so they could tell you, but, you know, like all that stuff is, is HIPAA laws. I don't know if you know about all of those, Joe's joking, but, it, it, you know, like he could show what he wants and what he doesn't and be like, yeah, I do have this as a disease, but how bad is it? So I don't know, you know, I don't know if, if you get what I mean. I do. So, so where my concern comes in is, we we're aware that Jonathan is sick. We're aware that Jonathan has a heart issue. The severity and the length of time are where we come to concern, and that's where everything kind of divides, right? Mm-hmm. Was Jonathan told 
that he only had X amount of years to live. I absolutely believe that. I Could the doctor too. have been wrong? Yes. Well, yes. There's been many of times people have been given a diagnosis of time to live and they've lived longer. But does that make a better narrative than he was told he has four years to live and now here we are in year five, six, seven, whatever it is? Mm hmm. That makes a better narrative, whether you're making a narrative film or a documentary. Every documentary is a narrative, you know, either from the eyes of your subject or the eyes of a person in the film or, in this instance, the documentarian themselves. Right. And then even then, like Jonathan says in the movie, like all your all your goal is, is to get that ending of me dying. And that's like the, the misdirection kind of a thing where he's like, you're not going to get get that, you know, and you're upset. So, okay. I don't know. Now where the question comes in is it how much of this is a work? And where does the work begin and who is actually in on the work? Um I want to say I don't even know. Like that's how good it is. Right. Because I I want to say of all people and it's going to be terrible the wife isn't in on the in on the okay. work, okay? Because she cries way too hard. Yes, so I'm I'm with you. I I don't think the wife. I think she's aware, but I don't think she's as deep in as Jonathan is, or yeah. as the friend is that uh, you know is going to help Ben on the side, mm -hmm. or whatever else. The wife knows. Jonathan is sick and has outlived whatever the doctors have told him. Right. Does she know whatever other scams Jonathan is working? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Do any of the documentary crews know? If any of them, it would be the chainsawing juggler. Okay. I think no one knew. No one? I, okay, so the woman who was doing the fourth documentarian, right, mm -hmm. more than likely got to the point in her documentary where Ben did, where Jonathan ghosts her, Jonathan starts being combative, whatever it is. Okay. And she I, just decides to say, fuck it, I'm done. And he doesn't like that because that doesn't go with the story he's trying to create. The story he's trying to create, being he, Jonathan, trying to create. Right, because yes, that's I'm sorry. where Pronouns. things I think change is. The, the, the documentarians are not trying to create a narrative. Jonathan is trying to manipulate the documentarians to tell the story he wants to tell. I would agree. And that's why multiple documentary people have the same footage. Right. Or the, him saying the same things because that's the story he wants to tell. And, you know, and I'm not going to say he's like Machiavellian, but, you know, through his his career as, you know, misdirection and a, and a magician and all that other shit, he knows what will, you know, make people do things, if that makes any sense. You know, the psychology of all this shit and yes. doing these things will make a person do this. And like you said, maybe that woman didn't do the thing. Like she's the one in 10 who wouldn't do it and gives up. He's like, shit, I got to start from scratch again. Right. And I think the juggler friend didn't know everything, but he knew more than everyone else. Right. Because he disappears quickly. He comes yeah. in. We see that he's part of the industry that Jonathan's in. You know, the, the the juggling, the misdirection, the magic, the comedy, the whatever it is. Right. And maybe he even sees it because he's in that line of work. Right. But go ahead. Now, the first documentarian people and the second. So we have to we had to deal with the third and the fourth. Mm -hmm. That's our thoughts on the third and the fourth. Their movies never get done and they never will get done. The first one did. The second one did. Where does the first documentary crew decide, okay, we're going to use the best of the footage that we have to make this as positive as a piece as possible. I think the whole time. Okay. So they went into this looking to make a positive documentary, good or bad. Yes, they meant to make a positive documentary, yes. 
Okay. Because they're not the ones. Because now I want, I, and I think, because now do I want to see, as you say, some of that unused footage? Because were they there from the beginning the whole time? Right. Because if if they have footage of the early shit that Ben does the exact same way, where like he's interviewing them, showing them the drugs, and doing all this, and now, like in in Ben's documentary, it looks like they come in a quarter of the way into the process. But what if ben, if uh, Jonathan was running two scams at the same time? So from their side, it looks like Ben comes in a quarter of the way through the process. We don't see that in that other in the in the YouTube documentary because they just decide to make it a positive and not even mention the other one, you know? Right, and that's the other thing is they don't mention. And when there's those shots of Ben trying to film like clandestine the first documentary crew, mm-hmm. like they they say you, you can't use our likeness, but they're not like get the fuck out of here. Right. They're just like yeah, you could film us and you could film around us and we're gonna film our shit, but you can't use us. We're not gonna sign off. Right. And I'm surprised there's not more think pieces on the anal- the anal- the analyzation of this. I just think it hasn't caught the mainstream. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we're discussing it. Right. But, like, there's no one, like, a big name. Like, I'm, I don't know how big the, the podcast you you saw, that you heard it from is. I'm not trying to be funny, like, knock them or anything. But it's different than having... You know, I'm trying to think of a a show on TV that has eyes on it. You know what I mean? Like where it's millions of people and be like, hey, something's going on here. You know, like this just doesn't seem, excuse me, this just doesn't seem kosher, you know? So I think that's what would have to happen to get traction on something like that. Right. But like I said, there's not. There's like a review in it from the New York Post that's just entitled "Is the documentary real or an illusion?" Right. Right. Um, but again, it just you know he talks. And now that's the other thing. So Ben is first time documentarian, but he's worked on stuff for Comedy Central, some show called Lady Dynamite, the Comedy Bang Bang TV show. Right. Um, so he doesn't come from the world of documentaries, right? Okay. So, again, there's not much out there about this. Uh, yeah. <sighs> That's all. I think we've delved into it deeper than than most people, you know? <laughs> Thought-wise. Obviously, I'm not doing the legwork. I'm not going to see The Amazing Jonathan and everything, so... Right. But I will say this. We'll say this. I, you know, I'm not going to go any further on what's real or what's not, but I'm just going to discuss Amazing Jonathan as a performer before take away all this. Watching more the first one and a little bit of the second one where they show his bits and shit, Joe. Yeah. And it brought me like great joy yes. reliving his like I'm just going to say the pencil bit with it up his nose and out yeah. his ear. I saw that watching these two documentaries within 12 hours. I saw him do that 10 times. It cracked me up, eight of them. It fucking cracked me up, eight, because it was so manic. And that was the brilliance of his his comedy, is that you literally had no idea what could happen. Like, there are comedians who give you, like, the beginning of the joke, the middle, and then the, the punchline is a complete swerve. But usually... That's every fifth joke out of their thing. When you watch The Amazing Jonathan, you had no no idea what was going to happen. None. And seeing a few things that I had never seen, I was laughing. Like the bit where he gives the guy the shot to drink. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you do it. And then like the guy's doing it. And Jonathan's pretending to do his and stop it just before. And the guy doesn't trust him. He's like, no, I wouldn't poison you. I swear, that would be terrible. And he does it. And he's like, oh, the, the LSD is going to kick in. And the lights go out. And Inagata DeVita starts playing, and the microphone has reverb in it. And I, Joe, I had to pause the, I had to pause the documentary because I'd never seen that, and that almost made me piss my pants. I was like, "That's one of the funniest bits I've ever seen." Like, and you know, that was fucking twenty years ago. You know, like, 
oh my god it was so brilliant so yeah. it was great to see him in his prime again you know uh, pun intended he was an amazing performer yes he was once in a lifetime lightning in a bottle however you want to say it how much do you think it was uh the spectrox joe helping him out on stage oh i was absolutely the spectrox helping i, I know like looking back i was a young idiot joe i would have never thought he was on drugs doing like his bits it was just the energy i didn't know, I didn't know what's right i didn't know what spectrox was spectrox was as a kid you know exactly like and even if i had like it would and as i'm watching it now as i'm watching it now i'm like holy shit he's high as a kite you know what i mean like an eyes like saucers but it was still absolute genius i'm like i can't believe it I, and, I, and i have and i have to bring it around of course you know with wrestling i watched wrestling my whole life growing up and i just thought this was how people were I didn't realize until, you know, and again, I say recently, like within the last 20 years, oh, the people that I watched on my Saturday mornings from 1984 to 1992 were all blitzed out of their mind on cocaine. Exactly. Oh, that's what's going on. That's why they could go out. I mean, not that you knew they could go out. You see the the, the documentaries like, oh, yeah, like he'd go out and he'd party and come in and he'd be like, I'm going to go sleep on the couch. Wake me up, you know, five minutes before, uh, you know, bell time. And he would go. And then I, I'll never forget. I saw somebody forced me to watch a documentary. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm going to have to. This guy's a legend. I'm going to have to carry this guy through the match. And then one hour into our match, I'm begging this guy to take us home. <laughs> Like, and I'm like, sure, because you were co you coked, you got all hopped up. That all being said, Joe, I know what our next project is. Okay. Not, not the yearly project, but we're doing a documentary, Joe. The Life okay. and Times of the Legendary Wid. <gasps> we'll, have to see, we'll have to shake him out to see where he is. <laughs> That's right. I know what we can use for bait, Joe. Oh my goodness! I'll have to ask Stan Malibu himself if he has any contacts. Oh, how great would it be to do a documentary about the legendary Wid, who, who probably, you know, amazing Jonathan stole everything from the Wid, as far as I'm concerned. <sighs> we need an angle. We need a pitch. We need financing. We need a a, a competing documentary team. <laughs> we need a competing documentary team. That could be fake. And then now we're running into our own problems with faking things and all this other stuff. Oh, boy. All right. So just trust me when I say I did my football picks this week, okay? Yeah, we don't need to get into it. I believe you. Yeah. So uh, I, I picked a bunch of teams to win football games. That's right. Teams will win. Teams will lose. People right. will live. People will die. It's all, you know, it's tragedy. So we're good. I just think this takes more precedence over me bumble-fucking my way through, oh, what do I pick? Do I pick the Seahawks yep. or the Bubba Buds? Yeah, like, after this, like, you know, energetic podcast, I j it would be like, uh, you know, I just, I don't need to hear who you picked. I swear right. to God. So. All right. So, uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, Longboxheroes.com, you know, the Patreon, the store, Amazon link, all those sort of things. Uh, the Raven cameo will go up and I don't know, maybe once we get more people funded, we'll set a goal that will make our, ama our uh, amazing wid documentary or legendary <laughs> wid documentary. Yeah. Don't be mixing them up. Wasn't there one done about him? I think we did like a YouTube search of him way back when. Maybe that's, you know, not ringing any bells. Like there was something, but it wasn't like anything. Um, like substantial, right? Maybe all I remember is mostly just seeing uh, newspaper columns. That's all I remember on the Wid. Right. The only things that's on YouTube is a couple of his performances. Right. Legendary performance. Uh huh. Legendary you, Wid. That's right. You slap some respect on that when you say his name, Joe. Now I did just stumble upon, and this might be something different. For mm -hmm. us to watch another day. Uh, from 2009 at a theater in Philadelphia, the roast of the legendary win. Holy shit. Okay. <laughs>
Uh, I'll cancel my plans. <laughs> That's right. Cancel my 10 o'clock magician. <laughs> uh-uh. All right, everybody. Uh, again, thanks for listening. This was uh, episode, an extra long episode of uh, at Longbox Heroes After Dark 254. And uh, yeah, you know, get on that Patreon. Get these early. This I think this was a good one. This was worth your $5, you know, once a month split out however it is you know i don't i don't pat myself on the back often joe but this i had fun on this one yeah yeah i'm not gonna go back and listen to this i i promise you oh all right guys thanks for listening bye